Broadcasting from another dimension, deep inside the Sub-Zero Ghost Shrimp National Forest, sending you secrets from the future. Directly into your motherfucking mind. <laughs> Y'all know what time it is. Is it, 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 it is it is episode eighteen of the Ghost Shrimp and Friends podcast. Everybody, <laughs> what up? What up? Get moving. Get up and move your scrotum. You know what I'm saying. Um, happy holidays to everybody around the globe listening to this podcast right now. I hope everybody had a delightful holiday, uh, season. Um, I guess we're depending on, uh, when you hear this, you might be still in it as, uh, as, as New Year's Eve is tomorrow. Um, and, uh, I've been, uh, the bandit family was uh was down at my folks house in New Hampshire uh for about the last week um celebrating Christmas celebrating happy birthday Jesus happy birthday Jesus now um and uh, having a great time doing it uh Wolfie got a Nintendo DS which he was super thrilled about playing Mario Kart 7 um, he already beat the game on easy mode and he's getting into some, uh, grown up Legos. He got some little Ninjago or Ninja go. I don't know how you say it. Ninjago Lego sets, um, building with directions for the first time. So some real milestones cause Wolfie is what? Six now. And, uh, baby Junie will be two years old in, uh, in, in a couple of weeks and, uh, she just got some baby shit. What do you, what do babies, what do you want, baby? No, she got some really, she got some really cute little dolls, uh, like a big sister and a, and a little baby sister doll that are super cute. And, uh, and, and she's been loving on those. Um, both, both of my kids are extremely, uh, they love to just snuggle and cuddle. I think probably all kids do, but, um, Wolfie too is like, they just, he loves babies. He loved having baby dolls and, and, and just snuggling real babies and all that stuff. So babies loving babies now getting on a baby town. So that was really fun. A fun old holiday time. It's always fun to get together with the family. Got to watch a bunch of sports, uh, with my brother, which is always fun. And, uh, yeah, seeing the grandparents, seeing my parents, always very festive, getting way too full on food and drink and all that. So definitely feeling a little out of shape after all the celebrating. You know, I got my old juicy piping hot cup, <laughs> piping hot cup of coffee with me. For this old episode 18 of the podcast. I can't believe we're on 18 episodes of the podcast, guys. I'd say 
we talked a little bit about it last episode, but you know, my, my, my goals last year of starting the workshop and starting the podcast have gone smashingly. And I really cannot be more pleased with how the podcast has turned out. Um, I just have so much fun doing this podcast and I really just want to thank everybody in 2017 who chose to subscribe to this podcast. Um, who chose to tell a friend to tell a friend about this motherfucking podcast. You know what I'm saying? Um, everybody who has been ordering posters off the website to support the podcast and also people jumping on the Patreon page to support the podcast. How about that? We've got, now we've got 10 patrons, guys. This is very exciting. We started this up after Thanksgiving, so it's been a little more than a month and we've got 10 patrons and we've got some new shout outs to do you know what i'm saying if you peel off two dollars an episode you too can get a shout out on the podcast like new subscriber bark the dog you know what i'm saying ruff, ruff, ruff. uh we got another shout out coming for arguably art we got a shout out a big beef stew shout out to james lloyd um, and you know, my man, Tryman Hunt is on the hunt with the strength of three men. Okay. You know, you want him as a partner out there in the forest on the hunt. And don't forget Jessica Donnie. So big shout outs to all the $2 per episode subscribing members on the Patreon page. If you two want to hear your name shouted out on this podcast, uh, head over there and 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 do your thing. Um, and uh, so we got ten uh, patrons all together. So we've got five two dollar people. We got five one dollar people. Shout out to all the one dollar heads. You know what I'm saying you are much appreciated as well. And, uh, you know, if you want a little shout out, maybe bump it up, maybe bump it up to a little two dollar level. You know what I'm saying? Maybe in the new year, you get a little frivolous with it. You get a little well-deserved shout out, you know what I'm saying? And, uh, you know, we're shooting, if we can get about two subscribers a week, um, you know, two new subscribers a week, then sometime towards the end of the year, we can start unlocking some uh, Patreon exclusives of getting a little hump day pump up episode, a little mini podcast that comes in the middle of the week uh, to the Patreon subscribers to get you extra pumped up. You know what I'm saying? Extra juiced, extra vibrating with ethereal cosmological energy to get you through the week, to get you to your goals, to get you through the black hole. Do, do, do. You know what I'm saying? We're all going to end up in inner earth together someday, guys and girls and humans and aliens alike. So let's see. We are picking up where we left off um, in episode 17 um, with some some uh, listener questions about my wacky uh, lifestyle homesteading as a complete and amateur uh, novice homesteader uh, in very deep over my head as always but starting it starting to get my chops down you know what I'm saying starting to figure it out for those who don't know um uh, six years ago 
uh, I quit my job working on Adventure Time, and uh, I had bought 25 acres of glorious forest in the Northeast Kingdom of Vermont, on which we now reside. Um, that was my goal in in taking the job at Cartoon Network in the first place was to save up and buy some land. So that was the that was a, a actually a very well executed plan. Not all plans go according to plan, but this one did. And uh, and since then we've been uh, you know building building the house from scratch, pretty much with no knowledge of building. Uh, been doing it pretty much by myself, and. Uh, I'm having a great time doing it, guys, because I'm living the dream. Yes, I'm living the dream. So uh, we have a couple. Um, we have a we have a question that we left off with on episode 17, and then uh, my man Tryman Hunt added some comments on the Patreon page that I'm also gonna gonna get to. So uh, let's just uh, let's just jump right in because the water is fucking frigid. By the way, it's let's see what is it? I don't I don't have my I don't have my fucking thing, but it's been like uh, really cold up here in the Northeast Kingdom of Vermont. Today's a good day to talk about homesteading because I've been homesteading it up. I've been out cutting a lot of wood for the winter. I split all the wood that we use for the winter. We have a wood stove for heating, and uh, I I love splitting wood for some reason most people uh, get like a wood splitter which is like a mechanical device uh with like it's like a generator it's like a little motor uh that you fire up and it has a sort of just basically like a splitter blade that it slowly forces through the log and you can split anything with it and uh most people do it that way but i like to do it the old-fashioned way um which is to, uh, you know, get some, I either cut down trees in the forest or I get some logs delivered. And then I, what you call buck them up, uh, which is getting out the chainsaw and cutting them up into, you know, maybe a 12 or 16 inch, uh, section, uh, little lengths, and then, uh, put them on an old stump and get your old, uh, split them all out and just start splitting that wood. There's something in me that just loves doing it. I grew up stacking cordwood because uh, we had a wood stove growing up. I always love wood stoves. It's my favorite. Having a fire in the house is like super primal to me, so I freaking love it. And um, and uh, but yeah, for some reason, uh, d- splitting wood is, uh, you know, when you have to do it. Sometimes you're like, oh man, I gotta go split a bunch of wood. But whenever I'm doing it, I freaking love it. There's something about it. I don't know if it's just in my DNA because. Uh, you know, our family tree goes back to the Mayflower and beyond that back to Ireland and all kinds of stuff. So I know I got definitely some ancestors that have been doing some pioneering shit and splitting some wood and burning some wood for heat as we all have in our DNA anyway, going back to, uh, it wasn't too long ago when everybody was building their own house and, you know, splitting up some wood to burn and all that. So, uh, I don't know for me, it's just, it's, it's, uh, I love that kind of exercise. One of the, now I'm getting ahead of the questions here, but one of the main things that I really, 
liked about the idea of a homesteading lifestyle was that you have a certain amount of just exercise and physical fitness built into it. Like I'm always doing some shit, hauling some boards around, nailing up some boards, cutting down trees, hauling around logs, uh, splitting wood, hauling wood in, you know. Um, so uh, it's a it's a physically uh, demanding lifestyle. I mean, it's kind of whatever you want to make it, but, um, you know, uh, some people just like have split wood delivered and, and dumped on their doorstep and have their, you know, hire their neighborhood kid to stack it for them or, or get your kids to stack it or whatever. And, uh, yeah, Wolfie's definitely getting to that age. He helps me out a bit and he'll definitely be, uh, be working with me, working with me quite a bit once he gets a little bit bigger, a little bit stronger. Got to fatten him up. You know what I'm saying? You got to fatten up those hogs, those hoggy dogs. Um, but yeah, definitely looking forward to it. Again, another reason I really thought this was really fell in love with the idea of homesteading, um, was that you know, just to, just, just the independence of it and the, the, um, the, the ingenuity of it, um, just knowing how to do stuff and having the experience of doing a lot of stuff. I think it's super character building. Um, and, uh, I thought, man, to, to grow up doing all this stuff would be super fun. And Wolfie just loves everything to do with it. He definitely can't wait to get out there splitting. Um, you know, he's, he's always trying and he's not strong enough yet, but he loves to just mess around with, you know, banging some boards together with screws and hammers and nails and all that stuff. He loves everything to do with it. So he's, he's right on the cusp. The next couple of years is going to be really fun where he's going to be able to help me out more and more doing this stuff. And that's really what I envisioned was, um, you know, having, having just our family growing up together here and, and this house kind of evolving with us and growing with us and the kids having a hand in building it. I just, to me, again, I think it's so primal and so basic and, and such a part of the, the human experience of building your own shelter uh, in a natural environment, to me, there's something so cool and wholesome and 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 empowering about it. Um, that's really started some of the ideas that really made me. Once I saw some people doing it and and was looking at books of people doing it and all that stuff. Um, if anybody doesn't know about uh, shelter, um, Lloyd Kahn uh, has a. I think the publishing house is called Shelter Publications, um, but in like the Back to the Land movement and and in the 70s and stuff, he started putting out he started going around and photographing people building their own funky houses and the first one to come out was shelter and then there uh there's also a shelter too and then there is a book called homework and i can't remember if there might have been a homework too then there's like builders of the pacific coast and then he has one on tiny homes um but if you're at all interested in homesteading i highly suggest it uh but be aware that these books will probably tip you over the edge and make you really want to get into <laughs> homesteading and and all that stuff because it just looks so fun and funky and sort of like the childhood dream of like building a fort in the woods uh you know that's definitely where it all comes from for me and 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 carrying my childhood into adulthood and i know i've talked about this on previous podcasts as well but i think i think there's kind of the, the what I just talked about about really falling in love with the idea of of knowing how to do things and being independent and empowered and and 
coming up with solutions, just increasing your ingenuity. I think it's a really cool practice and having this lifestyle that's really physically active, just having that built into it and interacting with nature and being immersed in nature. Um, but also the, I think the, one of the other things that really propelled me into this was that, you know, I grew up in the woods. Um, I grew up in the forest, uh, you know, of uh, Western Massachusetts. And I just grew up on a, on a road with, you know, the houses were still pretty close together. You know, you're, you know, my parents own like, I don't know, maybe a couple of acres, but it wasn't anything big. And you could, you know, your neighbor's house, you could shout to your neighbor or whatever. And, uh, you know, it's, it's pretty much, uh, you know, there's, there was, uh, houses weren't bumped up against each other quite like in the suburbs. There's probably like twice as much space, um, you know, for, for each house, you know, so you had a bit, you had a bit of space in between the houses and then forest behind it, you know, on a dirt road really in the forest, but there was a whole bunch of kids on my street and stuff. But, but growing up in that experience, growing up in, in the forest, and then, um, you know, my parents moved when I was 12 and it kind of broke my heart and it kind of, uh, really, kind of for me capped off my childhood right there. Um, cause then we moved and I was becoming a teenager and stuff. And I think because I didn't just grow out of my teenage years in that place and kind of like, like voluntarily give up my childhood, I think, cause in my perception, it was kind of yanked away from me. Um, I was kind of extracted from it. Uh, I feel like, you know, and, and losing my childhood home and, and never quite feeling, uh, like, like the house that my parents, that we all moved to in New Hampshire, you know, that always feel really like a secondary home to me. And, and, and starting off with some really rocky years there and my teenage years that I've covered a little bit on the podcast, and I'm sure I'll talk more about, um, you know, but, but I think, uh, because my childhood was so idealized and almost like a Jurassic Park where, you know, the mosquito is encapsulated in amber. It's like my childhood was sort of encapsulated in amber and super idealized in my mind. And, uh, you know, so I think my quest to build my own house in the woods is like really trying to kind of like make a home for myself again, you know, kind of recapture as close as I could to that childhood home. Um, not that I'm necessarily trying to recreate the, the physical house or anything like that. Cause we lived in a pretty typical ranch style house. It was like cool, but it wasn't anything super special or funky. Um, but just the setting was so nice. And, um, I think, uh, but I think, um, you know, uh, that idea of, of really building, a place that would be special and that we wouldn't leave, you know, and then we like have this 25 acres here that I plan to give to my kids and who knows what they'll do with it. But really, you know, the idea of setting up a fully sustainable homestead here with some meat animals and a greenhouse for growing food and family farming and, and having my kids know how to do all this stuff, I think is sort of a reaction to that. It sort of has something to do with that, 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 uh, my childhood being a little cut off, um, when it was so, and also as I've covered the idea of when I really, as I got out of college and I was starting to build that first cabin that I built really realizing that the idea of, of, um, if I built my own house that like no, no other artists that I knew were doing that and that it was going to be, you know, that, wow, if I built my own house from scratch and I was out in the woods creating from scratch, just like you would with an illustration, but in real life, like making this imaginary 
thing in the real world and and what kind of impact that would have on my work and my originality and all that stuff just coming from a place that you know most everybody I knew was flocking to the cities and oh I need to live in the city to do this and this and that and you know just doing the reverse you know I'm a real kind of natural contrarian and if I see everybody going one way I'm I'm just going to go the other way that's just the way I've always been um and kind of doing my own thing. Um, so I think that that kind of all comes together to create the, the motivation for me doing the, doing the homesteading. And now let's backtrack and get to the questions. Now that I've like plowed through some answers. All right. So Jeremy Forsen, as we've said, Jeremy with the fourth full foreskin, uh, he says, Hey, go shrimp. My wife and I have been loving the podcast as your lifestyle has basically been our goal for a couple of years. Love it. Um, freaky close, actually exclamation point. Couple questions have been burning. Can you talk more about building your house and homesteading? Uh, how did you decide on a cabin over the many other types of houses you can build yourself? Um, how did you feel about, how do you feel about all remote work? Uh, do you feel isolated or lonely? Uh, what does your wife, uh, parentheses, non-wife lady partner, close parentheses do? Uh, my wife is very curious about that and the homesteading slash child raising. Um, last thing is when you have a ghost scout on, can you introduce them a little and maybe clue the audience in when there is like an inside joke? Uh, anyway, killer job on the AWOL cover best Jeremy. And this is from like a month ago to a month and a half ago. Um, and, uh, if it sounds familiar, it's because, like I said, we read this, I was attempting to answer this on the last podcast, but it ran on too long. So I ended up cutting it off and we're going to carry it over to this one. So let's take it from the top. Let's see. Um, so the first thing he's talking about is that, that they have a similar goal. And, uh, I guess what I have to say about that is, no matter what your dreams are, no matter what your vision is, no matter what your goals are, uh, if they seem impractical or far-fetched or anything like that, I think the best dreams always are. You know what I'm saying? They see, that's why they're dreams. They seem so far-fetched. They seem, you know, and I think a lot of people think like, I have to know exactly what I'm doing. I have to plan it out. I have to, I have to be experienced in it or something like that. And if anybody's listened to me on this podcast so far, you know that, you know, I just j have jumped into this stuff and without really knowing anything about it, um, you know, I had a little tiny experience building my first cabin, but, uh, but really, you know, scaling it up to like building a functional house for your family, the difference between building like a little fort cabin in the woods and living with my dog and some girlfriends and like trying to build like a fully functional, you know, house for me and my, my wife and my two kids, um, is, is much bigger experience and I'm definitely weighing over my head, but that's how dreams are, you know what I'm saying? So if you guys have this dream, Dream, Jeremy and the foreskins, you have to fucking go for it. You know what I'm saying? No matter what it is, because I think dreams, the more they get put off, the the less real they are, the more they kind of fade away. Um, so anybody listening out there, no matter what your goals are, no matter what, what your dreams are, just start to pursue them. You know what I'm saying? Just start to relentlessly pursue them um, because that's how it's going to happen. That's the only way it's going to happen. There's never going to be a time in your life where someone walks up and says, hey, you know that dream you had? I'm going to totally facilitate it to happen right now. Um, you know, that very rarely happens. And even when it does, that's only 
only going to be the first part of it. You know, saying the, the, the reason most people don't live their dreams and they give up on their dreams is because when you have a dream in your mind, it's this, it's this naive, idealized thing and you, you don't have a, probably a great idea about it. Um, and and then when you try to bring it into reality, inevitably it sort of starts to break apart, and it sort of starts to, you know, oh, and you realize, oh my God, oh, there's so much involved in this, and oh, it's oh man, it's going to take me forever, blah blah. But if you truly have a dream, you have to test it because it's either going to shatter apart, and you're going to realize you want nothing to do with it, and in that way you can move on from it, and that's a good, that's a that's a healthy response too. You know, then you can move on to your next dream and that's probably going to help inform your, your process of like going down that road and seeing, oh, this wasn't quite my dream, but going through it and trying it out and, and realizing I actually don't want to do this and I actually do want to do this thing or this thing or this thing. So, you, you know, don't sit there and idealize your dream and put it on a pedestal and wait till you're ready to do it. You're never going to be ready to do it. When you have the dream is when you're ready to do it. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, just jump in there. I mean, so many people I know, um, you know, always talk to me. Like, I think, you know, I'm the friend that people come talk to when they're like, oh, I got this thing. Like, should I do it? And they know they they talk to me about it because they know I'm going to be like, fuck yeah, do it, man. Like, you have to just jump in and do that shit. Because as you've heard me say before on this podcast, you're not going to figure out how the dream works until you're inside of it. You can't figure it out from the outside. You got to just jump right in there and you got to be game for it. You got to go all in. And, uh, you know, no matter what the stakes, because this is your life, no one else is living your life. And there's no sense in living a life that you go, well, you know, I can think of a better version of this life, but like, I'm not quite sure how to figure it out. So I'm just going to sit here in like a, in like a, in like a medium version of my life. Fuck that. You know what I'm saying? You don't settle. There's no sense in settling, especially when you're young, you're vital, your juices are flowing. You're fucking made of beef jerky. You got to get out there and fucking chew it up. You know what I'm saying? Just sit down and get a nice bowl of beef stew going and get your dreams going, get fueled up, get fired up, and then just smash out there and do it. You know, that's the only way to do it. So right off the bat, I love what they're saying they have a similar goal guys start start doing it say what can we do this year to get a foot in this door to just jump in you know what i'm saying if you're not the type of people that are going to that are going to like just you know quit your jobs and fucking move somewhere to pursue a dream like take a very concrete step that's going to convi- that's going to commit you to the dream go all in on it so that you're not going to back out don't give your don't give don't give those voices in your head those second guessing voices there's there's always going to be a part of you that wants to undermine your adventurous nature that wants you to play it safe that wants you to be a sheep that wants you to go with the pack because it's safe you know what i'm saying we're evolutionarily programmed at least all the normal people <laughs> to stay with the pack because that's where the safety is. So you're going to have to fight your instincts. You know what I'm saying? My wires are all messed up. My wires are all crossed. So I have the reverse instincts. My reverse instinct is just to run out there and fucking, I don't know what, try to figure it out by myself, which is ridiculous. And, you know, is, is, is what makes things, uh, you know, uh, is what makes me take so long to do these things sometimes or to accomplish the goals. But, you know, you know, even if you're, even if you're wired in the way where you're going to want to really stay in the pack, there's still a way where you can commit to these dreams and, and make them happen. You know what I'm saying? So depending on whatever the specifics are for your situation, go all in, do something 
right now. Do something this week, this month, this year that's gonna that's gonna put all your eggs in that basket. You know what I'm saying? If that is truly your dream, go all in on it because it's either gonna fail or succeed, and then it's gonna lead you further down the path of dreaming. There's no point in living a life that is not based on your dreams. Trust me. Look around. Look at people who you know that aren't engaged in their passions in life. You know what I'm saying? What what they they just they just go through life and they start to just you know really live entertainment based lives and service based lives like oh, I'm going to pay for all these services, I'm going to pay for all this entertainment, I'm going to go to my mundane job and slowly but surely they assimilate more and more into that mainstream reality where you know, whatever your perception of it, you're basically in a money making machine, you know, for this economy and for, you know, the people that are up there at the top reaping all the rewards. I mean, what what is the point of that for you? You know what I'm saying? There's nothing there's no dream that money can buy. You know, you have to you have to earn your dreams. You have to go out there and, and it's sweat equity. It's it's jumping in there and making it happen because it's intangible. It's irrational. It's irrelevant. It's fucking who knows what. But you have to jump in there and prove to your destiny that you're all in this. And then it's going to start to unlock it. It's like a magical game. It's a ma- Destiny is a magical game that you have to play with yourself in the universe. And you have to fucking just go in there to start to unlock those doors. So let's see. So freaky clothes, actually a couple of questions. Um, how did you decide on a cabin? Oh, can you talk more about building your house and homesteading? I mean, I'm, I guess I'm sort of doing this. Um, how did you decide on building a cabin other than many other types of houses you can build yourself? Mm, I'm not really sure what makes a cabin, a cabin. I mean, we built some log cabins up in the woods with the ghost scouts, uh, the scout cabins up there. And we built those just because like we're cutting down trees and we're building with logs and and that makes sense. Um, I don't know if you'd call what I'm living in a cabin. Um, I guess maybe because it's just made of wood that it is a cabin. And I mean, you can build kind of any type of house yourself. Um, so I don't know, maybe, I mean, if, if, if you guys are really, if if, Jeremy, if you guys are really down the rabbit hole already and you've got like, you know, about like earth ship building and like, you know, all these straw bale building and all these different kinds of houses, maybe that's what you're asking. Um, I don't know. I just like building with wood. There's something, it's just like simple and straightforward. Um, there's actually a lot of other types of building that I would like to do, but in this, in this endeavor of, of homesteading for the family here, it's been a mix of, um, kind of like the ideal of what we're trying to do. And also like, uh, you know, the, 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 the reality of like having a family and having to just like get stuff up, you know what I'm saying? So when we first got here, I quit my job at Cartoon Network as planned um, after season four of Adventure Time, after I finished doing the backgrounds. And uh, we drove across country here and we started with just woods all the way to the road, right? There's nothing on this property. This had previously been like, you know, 100 years ago, a couple hundred years ago, whatever. This was actually probably even less than that. But it's right now, it's, you know, when we got here, it was fully forested all the way to the road. It used to be like sheep like it's it's sheep pasture but it's not a flat it's not flat ground either the the property is very kind of raw it's it's uh let me see if i can describe it it's kind of we're we're halfway up a 
a, a mountain, sort of a hill slash mountain. It's called a hill, but it's not just like a hill that you'd look at. I don't know. It's hard to hard to know what people think of when they think of these things, especially if you're not from the country. <clears throat> but uh, we're halfway up this hill slash mountain thing, so the so the terrain is kind of hilly and mountainous, which is very cool. When I when I bought my property, basically what I was looking for was something in northern New England, so that there would be killer winters because you know things are sort of warming up. And where I grew up in Western Massachusetts, now the winters are much milder and much more tame. And I like a lot of snow. You know where we are, we get two to four feet of snow for you know three or four months of the year, which is exactly what I like. And uh, it's very fun and adventurous. Love to go sledding and all that stuff. And love to just explore the woods in the wintertime. It's like I said on the last podcast, one of my favorite things in the world. Totally transcendent, totally transcendental. So I knew I wanted at least 20 acres. I knew I wanted some water on the property. Um, and I knew that I wanted it to be like an adventurous property, you know, and, and with this property, we really found it. Um, it's got all these different plateaus It kind of, once you enter it, it kind of goes up a hill and then there's a brook and then it goes up another hill. And then we have Go Scout training camp area up there. And then it goes through a whole middle section of the property that goes up to some, through some clearings. And then it goes up to the top clearing. And then there's some like big cliffs that drop off to a gorge in the back and we own to the bottom of the gorge. So there's like some 40 foot cliffs in the back, 30, 40 foot cliffs in the back. And uh, it's just really fun. There's like rocky outcroppings and ridges and boulders that have been dropped here by, you know, it's all carved out by glaciers, I guess. So there's big boulders all throughout the woods and all different kinds of trees. There's like evergreens and deciduous trees. We've got a lot of, uh, we got like hemlock and spruce and white pine. And then we've got beech trees and tons of maple trees, of course, because we're in Vermont. <clears throat> so it'd be fun. We'll get to do some maple sugaring stuff in the future. So it's a great mixed forest. So I looked at a lot of properties uh, when I was looking for land. I was looking for years and years. I remember I would stay up like halfway through the night on the, on the internet. I would, I would kind of a look, look in an area that I thought about living in. And then I would look at like, uh, you know, the local real estate agents, um, websites. And then I would just look at the raw, raw land that they had available, the different properties that they had available. And then, um, we would visit some, I'd go with my family and we would visit, visit some properties. And as soon as I saw this one, uh, it just had everything I wanted. It, it was, it was, you know, it's 25 acres. It's got a brook. It's got this old beaver pond that's now kind of turning into more of a swampy bog, but it's really cool. And uh, there's there's another little brook, another little seasonal brook up up there. But it's got, like I said, all these hills and ridges and really mixed forests and the cliffs and all that stuff. So it's very adventurous property. Lots of room for really cool building stuff. Because I had this conception of even though we hadn't done any, the, we did the first Go Scout training camp when we first moved here, but I knew that I wanted to start doing that. So I had this conception that, you know, this property would be one 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 use of it would be for my family. Um, and then, you know, doing a kind of a sustainable homestead for my family here. And then beyond that, um, you know, was going to be, the forest was really going to be for a lot of ghost scout development, a lot of building really cool stuff in the forest. Um, cause I thought that would just be really fun. I just had this idea once I fell in love with, 
being an artist living in the woods and how much of a match that was, you know, how much, how much it fed my creativity and my imagination and, uh, just living in the natural environment and, and being surrounded with all the, all the wildlife and all the beautiful life that's always growing and changing around you to me is the most inspirational. And I thought, wow, you know, increasingly people spend less and less time in the woods. It seems like even less people, you know, go camping and stuff nowadays. So, you know, I thought I could be a facilitator to kind of uh, bridge that gap, to kind of bring artists into the natural world, and 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 that would be a big part of what this property would be about. So, when I stepped on this property, it just felt completely right. Um, you know, it's it's three hours from my parents' house in in New Hampshire, which is about as far as I wanted to go. I uh, wanted to be close because you know, again, the family thing. Uh, you know, big big part of this was to raise a family here, as I said. So I wanted to be close enough to my to my folks, and then um, and then uh, it's it's only three miles outside of uh, this great little town. You know, with really everything you need. Um, it's got uh, you know, two hardware stores, two grocery stores, a, a great food co op. Um, you know, uh, it's got, um, several restaurants, uh, three or four restaurants. It's got a bookstore. Uh, it's got a, a gym shop. <laughs> it's got, you know, coffee shop, um, a clothing store. Uh, it's really got everything you need, uh, for your everyday life here. And, um, and, uh, so it, it really fit the bill and it just felt magical. You know, you guys know me. Um, you know, I operate really on the intuitive level. That's the most important part for me in the decision-making process in my day-to-day life. I live my life based on intuition. Um, uh, and it doesn't always work out, but it always informs me and it always, you know, intuition is a muscle that you have to use to get anything out of it. You have to always be using it and flexing it and strengthening it and testing it and and to know when it's going to work and to try to really suss out. I think to me intuition is your is your compass in life. It's what's it's what really leads you uh on to to down the path of your destiny. So if you're not making decisions based on intuition, um if that's not your biggest thing, I think that you know, you're, you're really, uh, selling yourself short. I think human beings, that's one of our real superpowers is intuition. And, uh, so I think, you know, I really would suggest that everybody start really trying to listen to those intuitive voices inside you bask in those intuitive juices, really soak it up. You got to marinate your brain in intuition, uh, and your dreams in it and everything and, and all have it feeding into into itself to, you know, really, get a clear vision of your life and who you want to be and what you want to do. You know, to me, that's the number one ingredient, you know, and, and of course you want to have logic mixed in there somewhere and, and planning and stuff like that. But to me, the intuition is where you really know, because you can look at a lot of different things and on paper, they can all look equally good and equally logical. Um, but you know, there's nothing like just, you know, it's like love. You don't, you don't, you don't, um, you don't fall in love with someone because it makes sense. You fall in love with someone because of some intangible, intuitive thing. So it's the same thing. You know, why, why would you leave love up to this? You know, that, that's the one, again, one of the biggest, one of the biggest choices in your life. And if you choose based on anything but intuition, uh, it's probably not going to work out for you. So, you know, why, why, why would, I think some people will, will, will choose their 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 partner based on that but maybe not a lot of other decisions in their life based on that so i suggest going really investing in intuition is one of the major sources of your decision making process 
So, um, so yeah, when I stepped on this property, it just really felt right. And, uh, and I just went for it and, uh, and luckily, uh, we got it. So let's see, uh, what, what question was I even fucking answering there? Um, so, uh, but yeah, so, and then when we got here, we only, I remember, so why did I choose to build a cabin? Basically going over the history of, of getting here. So, um, the first Ghost Scout training camp, we mostly focused on cutting. There's so many facets to this story. It's hard to even tell it in a linear fashion. So I'm going to be leaving some stuff out, but we'll catch up with it all on another podcast. You know what I'm saying? Well, the, you know, more and more of these stories will be told and, and you guys will get a, a greater and greater understanding and a greater picture of it all. But there's so many moving parts and all this stuff because training camp comes into it and all that stuff, but then takes a million years to explain that. So basically we first got here and we were trying to get some kind of shelter built for between spring and winter time. And like I said, the forest was all the way to the road. So, um, I got up here and I started clearing out some, some, some trees and figuring out where we were going to build. And we chose to build, uh, kind of sort of close to the road where we're little up a little hill about maybe 200 feet set back from the road up here. And, um, I, I, I wanted to build deeper into the woods, but of course, you know, uh, that, kind of creates some 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 more complications and also the brook runs behind our house so we'd have to be crossing the brook and and thinking about a bridge and all that stuff so for various reasons we decided to build this house um you know where on this little hilltop uh overlooking the road and it's actually a really nice home site uh even though it's not quite as far back as i would have liked but like our road is also uh it's this nice little dirt road that you know maybe 10 cars go up every day um so uh we were like, Well, yeah, what are we gonna do? And I, I wasn't confident enough in my building skills to just like draw up some plans and just start to put a house together. So I was looking around and I saw this 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 lumber mill here, this company called the Jamaica Cottage Company from from Jamaica, Vermont. Jamaica Vermont man and uh they have these you know it's a sawmill and they sell these pre-cut kits that you can put together everything's already cut up and you just build it so um you know now they do all kinds of small house kits and stuff like that but we were a little bit ahead of that curve so um we just got this basic um you know, just a, just a 12 by 14, uh, post and beam kit that was intended to be a barn, um, like to, or like a garage, like a little, a little, um, not a barn cause it's not that big. It's only 10 feet tall, but 14 by 20 and, um, and meant to like park cars in and stuff like that, or like a, or like a tractor or something like that, but all, you know, uh, you know, all from wood and post and beam. So, uh, and they were having a sale where it was, you know, instead of $8,000, it was $4,000. And I thought, oh man, this is good. We can get this pre-cut kit. We'll throw this thing up. We'll modify it, throw some windows in it. Um, and, uh, and, and we'll jump in there. So we ended up doing that and, uh, we were able to get into it for the first, uh, for the first winter. And it was like extremely rustic. Like there was, you know, my building skills were just like very limited and the kit went together really nicely. But then the modifications that I tried to make for it were stupid, silly. Um, and I won't go into it all, but there was, you know, part of it was only plastic covering these window holes. And, you know, of course, in, in, in Vermont here, it's, it can get extremely cold. I mean, 
this week we have three days that are going to be negative 20. Um, you know, so uh, that's, that's you know, the, about, about as cold as I've seen it here is negative 30. Um, but, uh, and, but, you know, even just a regular day in the winters, you know, can be below freezing and can very easily be below zero, especially in January and February. So, uh, but you know, um, we're just, you know, I'm just really gung ho about everything. So we jumped in and we did it. And then, uh, the second year we added a little, uh, second and third year, we added a little addition, um, like a little two story 11 by 11 addition off of that, which is like kind of an entryway mudroom bathroom on the bottom. And then a little, um, bedroom, which I'm in right now for the top. So basically me and my wife have this little second story bedroom. It's 11 by 11. Um, and then, uh, baby Juniper is up here with us right now and in her crib, but she'll soon move downstairs. And Wolfie has a little, uh, bedroom that's, uh, that's, mm, let's see, it's probably about like, uh, eight by eight, something like that right now, enough for a bed and a dresser. And then the rest of the house is sort of like a living room, um, and, uh, and kitchen, um, combo. And, uh, you know, our plans for to expand are basically, we're probably going to build like a 20 by 22 story, uh, built extension off of this. Um, so that'll put us in the realm of, you know, a thousand square feet total, something like that. Right now we're at, we're at, we're right now we're at a thousand square, uh, we're at 500 square feet. Let's see. Does that make sense? Right now we're at 500 square feet. And then if we did uh 20 by 20, I guess we'd be, if it was two story, then we'd be adding on, uh, 800 square feet. So that would end up a little bit more than that. That would end up around 1300 square feet if my uh, mental math is correct. Um, so yeah, that's, you know, that's what we're thinking. Um, it's all designed to be, uh, you know, uh, low energy and sustainable. So we have a small, um, refrigerator that runs on, uh, LP. It's probably about, um, if you think about like one of those party fridges that people have, it's probably about two of those. It's probably about two of those stacked up. Um, but it suits us just fine. And, um, and then, uh, we have a, a little, uh, gas range stove, little four, four burner cooktop, but it's really, it's, it's only two by two. It's like a specialized stove, um, with an oven in it. And, uh, that also runs on LP. And then, um, and then we have a bunch of solar panels and a whole solar system that we're going to set up and it's going to be grid tied. So we have all that equipment. I just have to get into hooking it up. Um, so that's a little bit about the basic layout of the house right now. So it's, you know, it's, again, it's right now, it's only about half, half finished what we have. And, um, and then, uh, like the 500 square feet that we live in right now is only about half finished. Like mostly the walls are plastic over. Um, and then we're going to be adding boards inside, you know, wooden boards inside. I've started to do a little bit of that. Um, uh, but really rustic feel some, some, something between like a kind of a wild west, kind of something between like a, like a farming homestead and like a wild westy type of vibe, but also like a pirate bandit hideout. That's, that's what the kind of finished vision of is going to look like in my mind, like a lot of funky walkways and decks and, and little, you know, little, little flags and, and a little lookouts popping up and stuff. So I have a lot of ideas about it, but, um, I'm kind of, try to it's always a balance between 
between like building what we need as a family to like just get through our regular everyday life and uh and 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 then like my limited building skills so i'm just starting to kind of catch up to you know where i wanted to be where i kind of thought i was starting out <laughs> so it's kind of a really funny thing but um but yeah it's uh it's amazing it's good like i feel so powerful um, I feel like I've gotten so much character out of all this stuff. I know, like, you know, my wife feels the same way. She has, you know, it's not her dream to to do this. We'll get into a, a little bit of that, you know, later in this questions. I think he has a question about Athena as well. Um, but you, there's nothing more character building um, than, than just did having a dream that's a challenge and jumping into it. And, uh, you know, my, my Athena has been great. She's been super supportive. She recognizes how important of a dream this is to me. And, and I was well along this path when we met. So it was kind of, uh, you know, she kind of knew what she was. I don't think she knew exactly the details of what she was jumping into, but she knew conceptually, um, you know, kind of what, what, what the idea was. And it probably looked a lot, a lot, a lot easier and, 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 and more, uh, more, uh, you know, fabulous and chic or whatever, <laughs> when it was just looking through some books of people that had done it really well and yeah, let's do this. But, um, but, uh, it's, it's, it's really great. Okay. So, so that's a little bit about, um, building, uh, where our house is now and homesteading. And like I said, the vision of it is to, you know, add a, add a 20 by 22 story off of this, where the bedrooms, we'd have some bedrooms up top and just a really big open play area, like a big rec room, um, to play in growing up. We had a, we had a finished basement growing up and, uh, and, uh, it, half of it was just a big rec room and that was really cool. So, um, you know, I want to do the same thing, uh, have a big rec room, big playroom for the kids. Um, I'm like fucking jacked on caffeine right now. I feel like I'm like, <laughs> like frantically rambling. I think I have to pee as well. Hold on. I'm going to pause this. I'm going to pee and I'm going to collect myself and we're going to, we're going to come back to this. Hold on one sec. Whew, okay, I love it when I have to take a little take a little piss on the podcast. That's how you know we keep it real and we keep it raw and uncut and unedited and uncensored. You know what I'm saying? I feel like I've been I drank all this coffee and then I've had to pee, so I feel like I'm like trying to explain all this stuff super fast. I also always have to fight the urge on the podcast like you know, to try to explain things in the best way possible. But some of these things are, there's so much. And, and like my mind is so ADHD as I'm like jumping in and cutting myself off before I can even finish my own thoughts half the time that, you know, I'm always like, oh, did I explain that right? But I just have to have faith that I do at least an adequate job of explaining what I'm trying to say. And then I know that because this is an ongoing podcast that uh, eventually, I will be able to explain things in a way that will make sense to people. And eventually through listening to many podcasts, you will, you will get a, an understanding of, uh, of what I'm trying to communicate to everybody out there across the globe, across the world. So, um, and actually I, like I mentioned, I tried to do this podcast before and, uh, it just ended up going too long at the end of the other one. And then I try to do this. I try to do uh, last week when I was on vacation at my parents' house. I try to jump in and and do this, uh, do this episode. But um, I just couldn't get into the flow of it at my parents' house. I was just it was just too relaxed or something. 
but uh but here we are doing it and we're already up to 50 minutes so i know it's gonna go a little long but i feel like we've gotten a lot down already um how did you decide on the cabin so yeah so um yeah the cabin just basically came about from getting the kit just trying to get in here uh in an in a, in a number of months and then um building with wood is sort of like just just was accessible um uh, my we even cut down some trees and my neighbor uh milled some wood uh he has a he has like a portable lumber mill uh next door and he milled some of the trees so uh, some of the wood that this house is built with is um from the property itself and I want to definitely do a lot more of that um, I definitely see that as being a part of the process here, just like we do with the Ghost Scout stuff. You know, everything that's been built up in the woods for Ghost Scouts has been from the trees that we cut from the property. So that's a big part of it for me. I think that's super cool and old school. Um, so, uh, so yeah, let's keep it rolling. So yeah, basically the, the choice of building, um, is just that it's just, you know, I think wood is just an easy kind of medium to build with. And, um, and there's a lot, you, you know, you can do it really rudimentary and then you can get to be like a master carpenter and really do some really incredible stuff with wood. But I'd also love to do different styles of building, do some, you know, I love cob, uh, building. I definitely want to do some of that, but you know, those, I don't have a lot of those materials as accessible on the property. So, um, and also the, the rest of the wood that it's built with is all really local anyway, because, you know, all the, all that we get, we get all the wood from lumber mills and sawmills. There's two sawmills in town and, um, you know, that's all local wood too. So this is pretty cool. Um, <clears throat> so the next question is, how do you feel about all remote work? Um, well, I strongly prefer it. Um, I've spent, you know, the, the first, uh, three, four years of my, uh, of my career, uh, were, were in the woods, uh, in my first cabin endeavor, um, on mystery mountain, um, on my cousin's hundred acres there in, in, in New Hampshire, um, kind of getting my feet wet. Some people know the story. I was up there helping him build his little, uh, he was finishing up some old hunting cabins that were up there on some land he bought. And I started helping him and started to really get this vision of doing this myself. And then he said, Hey, build a cabin up here and, uh, you know, live up here for a while until you get your own land and then give me the cabin. So, uh, we did that and that worked out really well. And, um, and, uh, so I started my career really living up in that cabin and, uh, you know, and then lived for, you know, three or four years, went from there out to LA to do the adventure time thing. Um, but you know, the goal was always to buy my own property, um, and, and come here. So the plan was always to work remotely. I strongly prefer it. Um, just because I love living in the woods, uh, that's that's just where my where my imagination where my creativity where my nostalgia is all rooted and then um also even when i worked a cartoon network um i in this i'm such a distractible person i'm like super add so like i can't be in a room full of people and like and like draw i just you know i i, I just can't do it I, I can't focus i could just like doodle but i can't like really focus and make my best work, you know? So even when I worked at Cartoon Network, I worked from my apartment mostly in uh, North Hollywood, like three miles away. 
Um, so yeah, I strongly prefer to work remotely. Um, I just have always done that. Um, most of my career has been spent in the woods of the rural, you know, the, the, the sticks of new England, um, between the six years here and the, and the three years in my first cabin. So, uh, yeah, I've never had a, never had a problem with it. Um, you know, uh, I mean, I've always been really focused on getting, you know, only, only taking work that really fits what I want to do, um, you know, and, and creating work, creating the kind of work that I want to get. So, you know, I'll work on the jobs that, that come in that I like, and then I'll create more of my own work to showcase what I want to be working on and then put that out in the world. And then more work comes back to me from it. So that's always been the, been kind of my MO, uh, been my operating procedure and, um, it's always worked for me. So, uh, you know, coming back here, there definitely was a question mark. Um, you know, I've been, I've been working primarily on adventure time for those three and a half years and I'd done a few freelance illustration jobs, but really not that many. Um, so, you know, there was kind of a question mark in my mind of, geez, I wonder how it'll be to kind of restart my freelance career. But I just really picked up where I left off. You know, I came here and just started emailing people and, um, I, uh, I, I, when I first got here, I was finishing up the Mars Safari pilot for Cartoon Network. Um, so I was working on that and then, um, I just started emailing people for freelance jobs. I started just doing personal work, generating my own work, um, put new work to put up cause that's how you, you know, get people thinking of hiring you. And then, uh, I sold, uh, I, I did, I pitched a pilot to Disney and sold it to them and worked on that for a bit. And then, um, yeah, just, just kept working freelance. You know, for the beauty of freelance illustrations is it, is it can be anything, you know, it can be working for the New Yorker. It can be working for the New York times. It could be working for Nickelodeon. It could be working for Disney. It can be anything. So you have so many avenues and, and, um, you know, now that I've been in the game, you know, for so long, there's, you know, I'm always talking to people, you know, you guys know, you guys hear me. I'm always irons in the fire, planting seeds, you know, you're always out there, uh, you know, looking for that future work. So, you know, uh, sometimes things take years to, to develop. And sometimes, you know, you hit someone up and they say, Hey, I got this job, but it's perfect for you right now. Let's do it. So, um, yeah, just kind of jumped right back in and, uh, and I've done, you know, the best work of my life since I've been back here. So I'm, I could not be more thrilled, you know, it was definitely counterintuitive, like I said, as most dreams are to, you know, I mean, I had just met my wife out in LA. Um, I, we had just had my first, we had just had Wolfie. He was, you know, nine, 10 months old when I quit and moved here. So, you know, if you can picture it, uh, you know, it's, it's, you know, um, I have the best job I've ever had in my life, you know, making, making $6,000 a month working at Cartoon Network. Um, Adventure Time is season four, so it's just starting to blow up. And, uh, you know, but uh, I was on this dream of, you know, I had bought my 25 acres and I was just, you know, just waiting to come here. And, uh, you know, I met my wife and we decided to, uh, you know, we fell in love right away. Um, we actually met, that's a whole nother <laughs> wacky stories upon wacky stories. Um, this is a whole thing about all this, but we met, the short version is we met on okcupid.com out in LA and, um, and, and, uh, within a week we decided that we wanted to, uh, have Wolfie. Uh, it was totally insane. And again, completely intuitive and on both our parts is the weirdest thing that, you know, if one of us was crazy enough to say, hey, let's have a kid, I just met you, uh, that probably would have been weird enough. But the fact that both of us, that was like the most 
to us, it seemed like the most logical decision. We fell head over heels in love with each other right away and uh, just said, you know, we, we were actually both seeing other people at the time, you know, casually um, on OkCupid, you know, as uh, as as I'm sure some of you are now, as the future of dating has, has, has gone in that direction. So I was seeing three or four girls a week out there um, and she was, you know, seeing some guys. But we both, you know, were on the same page of wanting to find the person that we were going to settle down with. And when we met, we were both like, boom, holy shit, this is it. Like, you know, <laughs> shut down the okay, keep it account and Hey, let's have a baby together. So we, we, uh, you know, she was pregnant within a month and, um, and we decided to have Wolfie. And so at that point we were, you know, I was like, Hey, I got this land in Vermont. I'm going to go build a house there. And she was like, awesome. Let's do it again. Totally crazy. Um, you know, so, you know, you gotta just, you gotta just jump in and follow your dreams, guys. If you have a dream, no matter how crazy it sounds, right. This all sounds so crazy when I relay it. So we just met. Um, you know, and, uh, you know, we, uh, you know, we had, we had Wolfie and he was nine months old, 10 months old, quit the greatest job I ever had, um, that, you know, would have actually just ended because adventure time, you know, they would have wrapped doing backgrounds, uh, last, last winter. Um, when I did the final, when I did the episode, the backgrounds for the final episodes freelancing last winter. So, uh, that would have been, you know, that would have been the end of the job. I would have been still working there for so long, but I'm so glad I left because, you know, think about the things that I've done since then. I've done the greatest illustration work that I've ever done in that six year period. Um, going back and thinking about the jobs I've done, my, my skills have advanced so much. Um, I've, you know, I've, I've, we've, we've been living here, built the house so far, started, really started the Secret Society of Ghost Scouts into a real thing, trained uh, almost 50 scouts from all over the world and created what, what is now, you know, the Secret Society of Ghost Scouts and Ghost Scout Training Camp for real, because it was just an inside joke before that. So, um, you know, to think about, you know, what happens when you follow your dream. It seems so illogical at that point to just be starting a family and quit, give up all the security we had, give up the, the, you know, the, the, the fat checks, the, um, you know, the, the, um, health insurance, um, the, <laughs> the shelter, cause we, and, and just drove across the country and came into the forest and said, okay, we're going to get, we're going to build some kind of structure here. We don't know what it's going to be. We're going to figure it out. We're going to build some structure here and get in here by winter. So the wackiest of dreams. And if, you know, if you're tuning into this podcast, it's because you're probably inspired by the illustration work that I do or Ghost Scout training camp, or just, you know, the level of hypeness that I have or whatever. Let me tell you that this stuff comes from following your dreams. Okay. Like the, like the version of me that didn't follow my dreams, you'd, you'd have no interest in hearing me talk about, cause I would only be talking about boring mundane things about what I ate for breakfast, about all the boring logical decisions that I've been making. You know what I'm saying? So you got to do it. You got to live your dream. So how do I feel about all remote work? Fucking love it. Um, let's see. Do you feel isolated or lonely? Um, no, no, definitely not. Um, where I live is not, I mean, uh, you know, if you come from a city, this seems like a very rural area, but like, you know, I can see my neighbor's house. Um, there's two families that live on the road with young kids. It's basically the same ages as our, there's five kids that live on our roads that are all about the same ages as our kids. Wolfie rides his bike up to the, you know, up the hill and, and goes and hangs out with the other kids. Um, 
and uh, you know, there's more more non-family, you know, uh, just just regular people that live on the road. There's maybe like what uh, one, two, three. Uh, four, five, six, six more houses on our road. And then up at the top of the hill, there's like a whole gang more, you know, 10, 12 more houses. And then you just go right into town. So we're three miles outside of this really nice town. Like I talked about, there's pretty much everything you need there. Nice restaurants. We go out to eat and, um, you know, I can ride my bike into town. Um, you know, obviously a short, super short drive into town. So it's kind of the best of both worlds. We're right outside of this town with everything you need. Um, but then when you're up here on the hill, it's like, you know, you're in the forest, you're in the middle of nowhere. Um, so it's really beautiful. And the Northeast Kingdom of Vermont is just, it's basically like that. It's a bunch of small towns and, um, and, and, uh, and just set in the forest and just beautiful setting mountains all around and tons of lakes and rivers and, and, you know, hunting and fishing and farming. Basically the area we live in is all farms. This is a very agricultural community, which again, really ties in, uh, with, you know, the, the lifestyle goals that we have here. You know, now we, uh, you know, we, we, we've, we've, slowly shifted over to fully, you know, the last couple of years shopping at the, at the local food co-op here, which gets all its food from literally the farms that we drive past every day. You know, like I've said it before, but I know the people that we get our meat from and our veggies from and all this stuff. And, uh, it's just so cool. We're friends with a lot of the farmers and, 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 and whatnot. So it's such a neat thing. It's almost like you turn the clock back a hundred years when you get up here. It's, it's, uh, it's a, it's a bit of a different thing, but of course you still got the internet, you got the best of both worlds, you know, and then, you know, we can drive over to, uh, to Montpelier or go over to Burlington. Montpelier is maybe like about 35 minutes away. And then Burlington's maybe like an hour and 15. Um, so, you know, every, every couple of weeks we'll jump in the car and head over to Burlington go to the comic store, go to, you know, go out to eat over there, do some shopping, whatever. So, uh, yeah, no, definitely don't get isolated or lonely. Cause you know, it's not like we're out in Siberia or anything like that. We live in a super thriving community. There's all kinds of, you know, first Friday events going on all summer long and farmer's market in town. And, you know, there's, there's actually just tons of young families that we've, uh, met since we've been here. We, you know, go over to friends' houses to eat for dinner, all the, all the regular stuff. So, um, you know, when I, t- <laughs> when I talk about being up here in the woods, people might think that we're literally out here alone, but it's not like that at all. Um, I don't think that would be too healthy to, uh, to raise a family in complete isolation. So it's kind of the best of both worlds when you're up here. Like I said, you know, you're kind of, you you really have peace and quiet and, and privacy. I can see my neighbor's house, but like, I couldn't hit it with a rock. You know, it's, uh, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's a, you know, what, I don't know, 500 feet up the road or something like that. And then the next house is up there and actually Kent Osborne, shout out, you know, the homie Ken Osborne, the head writer of Adventure Time, is buying the next house up the road. Um, we got our one neighbor that we can see, and then just through the woods there uh, will be Ken Osborne. So, uh, you know, he'll be moving here in the spring, which is going to be a just super fun and amazing. And again, just, you know, here we call it ghostiny. Uh, that's the destiny of is all things that involve uh, Ghost Scouts and destiny. We call it ghostiny and the fact that... Kent has, has come here and, uh, you know, he's originally from Vermont and he's come to Go Scout training camp as a visiting artist for the last three years and, and really just kind of fell in love with the idea of moving back here. So, um, you know, he's moving back and it's just, Hey, we're getting a whole fucking world built here. It's, it's amazing. Um, and again, those things don't happen if you don't just chase your dreams. You know, if you play it safe, you're going to end up with a 
safe, mundane life. If you want a run of the mill, you know, if you look around and you and you look at the the people that you know that are living average lives, if that's what you aspire to, hey man, that's cool. You know what I'm saying? But I still think that everybody has dreams, everybody has these goals, and I think you just gotta fucking go for it. You know what I'm saying? I think there's you have truly nothing to lose. Whatever you think you have to lose, um, it's it's not. You know, you only think you have to lose that now because because you're there. But once you get in and once you're doing your thing, you go, man, I can't believe I even thought that I wanted to live that lifestyle. Like, like when I think of myself still living in L.A. right now. you know, that would just be, it's depressing, really. I mean, not, not, not against anything, any of my friends that still live there, because I know a lot of people are living there and loving it, and it's totally working for them. Um, but uh, for me, it just, uh, you know, after living there for three and a half years, I was really starting to, you know, just just feel m- more mundane and, and more run-of-the-mill and, and, and kind of just, uh, you know, I don't know, just, just feeling less inspired and, and less creatively inspired, even though I was working on a dream job, you know, the way I'm wired, um, you know, I love the freelance career stuff. I love the living in the woods stuff and, and, and just the building my own life stuff. And that's all just a huge part of who I am. And, and, uh, you know, just goes to show none of this stuff would have, would have happened if I had played it safe, you know, you can hear Wolfie yelling in the background, the, the family got back. <laughs> They just arrived home, so I'll be wrapping this up. So let's see. Um, do you feel isolated or lonely? No. What does your wife, non-wife, lady partner do? Uh, well, Athena Bandit, the love of my life, um, she doesn't like me to talk a ton. She's 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 more private than me. I'm I'm kind of a, I like to be an open book for people because I feel like. Uh, you know, the, you know, as you guys know, a lot of the struggles that I've gone through that most people would like to keep private. Um, I choose to share because I, I, I want to try to help other people through those struggles. Uh, my wife is just a more private person. Um, so, uh, she doesn't, you know, want me to talk too much about her, but, uh, but she, uh, she works a regular job here and, um, and uh, as she did when I met her in L.A., she was working a regular job. But she went to the Art Institute of Chicago for metalsmithing, and she aspires to uh, have her own business. And uh, if you go to goldenrodjewelry.com, um, that's her website. Let me just double-check that that's exactly what it is. It's coming up, so it should be. Yeah, if you go to goldenrodjewelry.com, that's my wife's website where she is doing uh, selling some of her uh, handmade jewelry that she does now. Um, and she's, uh, you know, she's she just got that up uh, recently, and she is, uh, you know, trying to build that up into her her main um, employment. So, uh, so that's what she's working on. So you can you can check it out. And uh, let's see, the next question is, uh, my wife is very curious about that and uh, the homestead child raising. Um, Yeah, so I guess uh, Jeremy's wife is interested in, yeah, so I mean, you know, my wife just works a regular job here like everybody else that lives up here. Um, And, uh, you know, but she's moving towards, uh, you know, being a self-employed artist and, um curious about that and homesteading child raising yet yeah, i mean you know beyond that doesn't really have a huge impact on things i mean our life is like 
you know, a little bit more labor intensive uh, than, you know, if you just lived in a normal house. But beyond that, it's not really that different. You know, I mean, right now we're still like heating up uh, hot water on the stove and then, you know, putting it into a shower bag and taking showers like that for the time being. So there's a little bit more like quirky, wacky, uh, hands-on stuff that we have to do. Wait, hold on. <laughs> hey, guys, I'm still doing the podcast. Can you keep it down for a few more minutes? Okay, thank you. <laughs> um, so, uh, and again, you know, living in a small house, uh, you know, you can't quite get as much privacy <laughs> and have a little podcast studio as you might like. Um, but yeah, so uh, yeah, I, you know, um, my wife doesn't participate in the building uh, that much. She does, you know, from time to time, she'll help me out with a little bit of that stuff, but that's not like her, you know, it's her dream wasn't homesteading. So she lives pretty much a normal day to day life that uh, that other people would live here. Uh, my life is more different because I spend almost all my time here in the forest. And uh, my time is spent between uh, building the house and, and doing the illustration work and, um, and, chilling with the fam but uh yeah i mean beyond that our life is you know we have family day where we go out to you know to visit someplace or go to the movies or or whatever um so uh yeah beyond that the homesteading thing is that's kind of just my hobby um so that's kind of uh that's kind of what i do the most of but um yeah beyond that my wife's my wife's life is uh is is pretty regular um, so, uh, yeah, I don't know if, I don't know if that answers the question, um, about, uh, uh what his wife was curious about. If you guys have more in depth questions about that, I definitely want to get Athena on the podcast. We'll get her, uh, we'll get her up here in here talking about this stuff too, at some point, which would be kind of fun. Um, and then, uh, yeah. Okay. So that was the end of his questions. So hopefully I answered your questions, Jeremy, uh, for some, uh, foreskin, uh, forceful for some foreskins. Um, thank you for those questions. Those are super thoughtful questions and I hope I helped you guys. Uh, you know, um, you know, I don't know. I mean, I hope you got, hope I, hope I did something for you guys to be a catalyst for you to follow your dreams. But you know, truly, um, and I'm not definitely not like a model of homesteading. Like I'm doing everything backwards. I'm doing everything super slowly. Um, I have to redo everything. Like I've said, like, you know, usually two or three times I ended up like, you know, I spent the first two years kind of building, like building, a you know, a kind of like a ramshackle house that didn't make a lot of sense. And then I spent the next two years kind of trying to take that apart and fix it. And then, um, then the last year, and going into this year, I've started to kind of understand what I'm doing more and have more of a plan and, a, and an actual informed vision of what I'm doing here. So um, I think we'll see more uh, cool progress happening in the next couple years than has happened in the previous year. So that's pretty exciting. Um, and I will make an effort to just kind of talk more about that stuff on the podcast and um, share more pictures of it. The stuff that I'm doing right now is kind of just putting up boards. You know, I'll take pictures of it. I'll be like, I'm going to share this and I'll take a picture of it and then it'll just just be like, look super like, oh, I put up some insulation or some boards. It's like not that fantastic. And because my craftsmanship isn't like outstanding, it's not like, you know, where I'm showing like, look at this dovetail joint that I made. So, um, but uh, I will share more of that stuff uh, in this coming year. Cause I think we're going to be getting into some more fun territory and, um, I will make an effort to introduce the ghost scouts a little more. And, uh, if I, if possible, I will try to clue you guys into some, some of the inside jokes that go on, 
Um, some of them uh, just kind of slip by or, or I don't know, may, some of them are even based on secret stuff, so I can't go into all of it, um, but I will do my best. I do strive to have you guys understand what we're talking about on the podcast for sure. Um, and then let's see, my man Tryman Hunt had uh, some comments here. I know we're going over a little bit. We're at a minute, uh, an hour 13, but I'm going to just try to answer these. So my man Tryman Hunt uh, said from the Patreon page says very juicy stuff. Keep them coming. This is his comment on the last podcast. Uh, maybe you could do an episode about the national forest at nighttime. Uh, most of us listeners, uh, love living in cities, but personally, but I personally dream of living in the forest so that it would be exciting to hear about the starry Vermont nights. That is definitely true. Um, you know, basically every night we can see the Milky Way here. Um, you can see a billion stars here. That's one of the things that we love to do at camp is get out, get people out on a clear night and just lay down in the forest and look up at the stars because you can see everything. You can see satellites moving around. You can see, um, you can actually time it out and see when the space station is going to come over and stuff like that, which is pretty freaking rad. There's very little light pollution up here, which is another just great perk of living up here. It's just so freaking beautiful. And, um, and yeah, so, so, uh, as far as that goes, uh, of course, you know, of course we all know that the earth is flat and satellites are an illusion and that's all fake, but it's still very pretty. So we like to look at it. Hashtag flat earth, hashtag, Hollow Earth, hashtag Hive Earth, hashtag, hashtag Beehive Boy. Um, I, and he says, uh, so Trevor Hunt says, I bet it gets mysterious and crispy silent. Definitely. I talked about a little about that. And actually right now is, is, is exactly what I described. Like it's almost a full moon. And this week we have two, we have three nights that are going to be negative 20, below negative 20. So it's going to be minus 25, minus 23, minus 21, something like that. And, uh, and there's snow everywhere. There's snow on all the trees. So when you go out at night under those circumstances, it is, it is so silent. It is like the earth has stopped and you can hear, you know, just any, any little noise, any little breaking of a stick is like an echo in an auditorium and it's just lit up the moon just lights it up like it's daylight there's literally me and my wife were looking out last night at the shadows at the moon shadows and they're literally it's like it's daytime it's so bright and the shadows are so there's so much contrast in the shadows because it's it's just literally the moonlight is lighting it up like it's daylight and uh yeah it's the 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 whatever happens with the sound the sound just gets sucked out it's like outer space there's just no sound when it's so cold out it's just it's so neat um, and then he says, did you ever find here, experience some weird shit out there is the forest haunted slash visit visited, uh, what kind of wild creatures is roaming? Also think about building some sort of welcoming aliens altar. I imagine you have that when I think of ghost scout, Na ghost shrimp national forest, I've definitely thought a lot about, um, making some kind of, uh, beacon or altar for aliens. Uh, it's definitely in the, in the, uh, in the, in the plans here. Um, where there's, we've been kind of really starting to talk about building on the highest part of the property at the back, um, at, like overlooking where those, where those, those cliffs and stuff and all this rocky outcrop, we've been starting to daydream about building a stone tower that would come out of the woods and you'd be able to see it really far around and it would be just insane. Um, part of my, uh, fascination with doing stuff here is, 
eventually starting to build stuff out of stone and build something that could be a future archaeological site. I just love the idea of making something that could be discovered in the future uh, and, and, and people would wonder what we what the hell we were up to up here. I freaking love that idea because I obviously love the ancient civilization, ancient aliens, all that shit is super dope and inspiring. So to be to kind of start to play with those ideas are very fun. Um, so let's see, uh, what kind of creatures are roaming? Basically everything. We've got bears out here. We've got moose. We've got deer. We've got grouse. I love grouse. I'm the grouse Lord. Um, love hunting grouse, hunting deer. Um, grouse are like little woods chickens. Um, we've got, uh, you know, porcupines, beavers, uh, weasels, um, you know, just about anything you can think of. Um, uh, let's see what else, uh, coyotes, tons of coyotes. You hear them out there and you, I see their tracks all the time in the woods. Bears are extremely elusive. I've only seen them crossing the road and, um, they're not, pre- they're not, um, predatory bears, uh, you know, they're, um, to, to humans here. So they just do their best to stay out of your way there. You almost never see them. Um, deer I see all the time when I'm running in the woods, uh, exercising. Um, I see them, uh, quite a bit. And, uh, you see the one, another, one of the coolest things about the winter time is then you can really see exactly what's happening with all the elusive animals. There's bobcats out there. You see their tracks, you see where they're going, see their daily routes and all that stuff. Sometimes you'll come across an alien, uh, an alien. Sometimes you'll come across a carcass. That's like a kit, you know, a kill and where, where an animal has been eaten and the struggle and the fur and the blood and stuff, which is super fucking rad. Um, let's see. Do you think the forest is haunted and visited? Definitely. I mean, every forest is haunted. There's all kinds of supernatural shit. The natural world is supernatural. It's really the supernatural world. I've definitely experienced some ghostly shit. Um, definitely aliens are walking through these woods without a doubt. Um, uh, have I ever seen any wild, weird shit out there? Oh, definitely. I've spent my whole life in the woods pretty much, and I've seen some fucking super weird shit. Um, and I'm definitely going to get into that. I've been definitely meaning to do a spooky forest podcast. So, um, one of the next ones, uh, though, I got some, I got some guests that I want to get on here. Uh, but, uh, but we'll do a, we'll do a spooky old podcast, um, about some weird shit that I've seen in the woods and discovered in the woods. Uh, I found a whole deer skeleton in the woods the other day or uh, last year, which was pretty fucking cool. Just laid out. Uh, definitely looked like some aliens have been involved in that. Um, and I uh, found a beaver skull. Uh, definitely alien involvement. Um, I bet, uh, let's see. So here, fine. Yeah. And, and yeah, there's always all kinds of crazy folklore. New England is uh, notorious for obviously all kinds of crazy hauntings and crazy folklore. And we had the Salem witch shit that was going down and, uh, there's all kind of super, super charged, uh, supernatural energy in the forests of New England. Um, uh, you know, and, and where I grew up too, uh, there was this thing in our backyard in the forest called the monk's cave, which was this native American structure that was totally supercharged with, uh, supernatural powers and people would come to look at it and people would come to visit it and like take pilgrimages to it and stuff. So I'm definitely, uh, very, very, uh, tuned in and aware of all that wacky shit going on. And I love it. So, um, big shout out to Tryman Hunt for, uh, for, for dropping, uh, some, some comments and questions on here. So if you don't know about the Patreon yet, go over there, patreon.com slash go shrimp. Um, 
really interested in building a whole community around this podcast on there. I think we can have a lot of fun with it. You guys can have a lot of input in it. And, and you know, I'm on there uh, responding to the messages. So getting into some conversations on there. Um, obviously, we can do that. Just, you know, you people can hit me up through email or on Facebook or Instagram or whatever uh, anytime as well. I, I try to get to as many of those as I can. But on um, the Patreon, um, you know, definitely gets priority because it is, uh, you know, we're creating, uh, you know, a community in here and people are actually contributing and supporting monetarily supporting the podcast. Um, so, in, you know, like I said, we're trying to pick up a couple uh, subscribers every week. So if you're feeling that tingling, if you're feeling like you could be one of those people, jump up on there um, and join the Patreon because we're going to continue to build in um, as, our, as the audience grows. We're going to build in more and more fun rewards and, and more benefits of joining the community. And uh, who knows, maybe we'll get some shirts uh, available to people or some patches and things like that. Really have some fun with it and uh, definitely have some exclusives on there um like i said once we get up to a hundred patrons we're going to start doing a, a mini pod in in addition uh to the podcast every week and uh once we get 200 um patrons we're gonna i'm gonna start doing a um a monthly video podcast and uh, and also doing a uh, a live raffle, um, raffling off original artwork to uh, all, you know one of those patrons uh, will get uh, each month will get um, will get some original Gosham artwork. So that'd be really fun. Um, at the end of this round of the 12 week online group workshop, we did a raffle for, uh, I think I mentioned this on, I'm sorry, I'm so, I'm super repetitive and super rambly, but uh, we did it. We did a, uh, we did one, a raffle for the, for a original, go, um, adventure time background and, uh, and, uh, Max won. And it was uh, very riveting and very fun and very dramatic. So I'm, I'm all about the raffles. So super excited to get there. And then, like I said, as we grow, um, I'm super into suggestions of, of different um, rewards people would like to get into and all different kinds of stuff. So I, I love to watch things grow organically and just get this whole community going. So I'm super pumped about that. So let's do it up. Um, beyond that, um, you know, uh, subscribe to the podcast. Um, you know, it's on SoundCloud and it's on iTunes. Um, and uh, if there's other places that people listen to podcasts, hit me up and I'll get it over there too. Um uh, and, uh, let's see. Um, yeah, I mean, tell a friend, obviously tell a friend to tell a friend about the podcast to tell a friend to tell a friend. And, uh, da, 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 da. Um, what else? Uh, I think that's about it. Um, I don't know if there's anything else that I wanted to cover on this episode. And we're an hour and a half in, so let's wrap it up. So as usual, guys and girls and humans and aliens alike, set those goals. You know what I'm saying? Use this week uh, to you know get a little closer to, to, to think about how can I make my current life, um, the current version of my life, the best it can be, the most enjoyable. And then uh, going forward, how can I plan and set some goals from week to week to truly move towards uh, building a life that is just full of the things that interest you the most, that uh, makes you the most inspired, the most passionate, the most pumped up, and just truly um, developing those habits and routines. You know, there's no better time of year. People love around this time of the year where the where one year is ending and another year is starting. 
to, uh, you know, dump some bad habits. You know, one of the things we do in the workshop, we have people put down what their three least productive habits are and three productive habits that they can replace those with, you know what I'm saying? So maybe now's a good time of year to think about that. Um, I'm definitely doubling down on my, on, uh, upping my health game. I've been doing that the last couple of years. And, uh, so for the next six months, I'm going to be abstaining from alcohol. Um, and, uh, so really just get a jump start on the year. Um, just really, uh, you know, as healthy as I can be and, uh, continuing to exercise throughout the winter, which usually I kind of fall off on. I'm, I'm definitely dedicated to, to that this winter. And, um, yeah, I'm going to take January to June, uh, and, and, and take that off from drinking, uh, just to kind of let my body, uh, get a break from that and recharge, you know what I'm saying? And, uh, just so focus on, continue to focus on super healthy eating, eating all that organic food, those local meats, you know what I'm saying? Getting those green, smoothies flow in because that is my fucking deal. So, um, yeah, don't forget. I mean, you cannot underestimate how your lifestyle impacts everything, you know, your artwork, your mental game, all that stuff. You got to dial it in, you know what I'm saying? So come with me on this journey. Um, if people want to share their goals, you know what I'm saying? Um, I think that'd be cool. You know what I'm saying? Maybe, maybe post up, um, you know, if you've got some goals, you can share them with me on the Patreon page or in an email or on the, or on the ghost shrimp Facebook page. And, uh, maybe I'll shout them out in the, um, in the, in the pod, you know what I'm saying? We could, we could do a little goal sharing thing to get people psyched up and inspired. Um, so yeah, all right. Well, we're going to wrap it up. Uh so until next time, make sure that you are out there trying to create a better world for everyone. You know what I'm saying? Uh in this in these times that seem so uh divided and divisive, and I know a lot of people are bugging out out there and feeling like they have a lot of enemies, but let's try to flip that and and really truly um try to mastermind uh, ways to connect with the people that, you know, maybe, maybe you have some differences with what are the things that we all have in common and how can we shift the focus and shift the dialogues in this world and online and all use all these great communication tools that we have like podcasts and Facebook and all this stuff to really try to shift the dialogue away from what divides us and really move it towards the things that can bring us together and, and create cool communities based on things that are going to be productive and inclusive for everybody and uh you know really try to make a world where everybody has equality of opportunity you know what i'm saying because uh that's the name of the game that's what we all want really deep down and um and i know that we can you know i know that i'm striving for that and i know a lot of people around me that are striving for that so that's what we're going to keep doing so join us and become a powerful uh, agent of change in your own life and other people's lives around you. It's amazing when you start to get super positive and proactive about this shit, um, you'll realize that it's infectious and other people will really start to uh, adopt those same ideas around you. So so do it up and uh, uh, we will be back next week with another episode of Go Shrimp and Friends. All right, peace. <laughs>